the New Testament. October 24th, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, through chapter 3, verse 17. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Follow anything that makes you want to do right. Pursue faith and love and peace, and enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. The Lord's servants must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. They must be able to teach effectively and be patient with difficult people. They should gently teach those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts, and they will believe the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. You should also know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing as sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and have no interest in what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act as if they are religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. You must stay away from people like that. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by many desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they never understand the truth. And these teachers fight the truth just as James and John Brace fought against Moses. Their minds are depraved, and their faith is counterfeit. But they won't get away with this for long. Someday everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as happened with James and Jambres. But you know what I teach, Timothy, and how I live, and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith and how long I have suffered. You know my love and my patient endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord delivered me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and impostors will flourish. They will go on deceiving others, and they themselves will be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they're true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. It is God's way of preparing us in every way, fully equipped for every good thing God wants us to do. Now, tonight, I want to talk as frankly as I've ever talked on the subject 
of sex and the Bible. There was a time when I first started preaching 20 years ago or 25 years ago that you wouldn't mention that subject in public, certainly from the pulpit. I think we made a mistake. I think the clergy made a mistake. Now I think the pendulum has swung too far and it's too much a subject of discussion. But the Bible has a great deal to say about it. And it's certainly the great problem that young people are facing today. You're discussing it in the home, you're discussing it in the school, it's discussed on television, it's discussed in the magazines. Why shouldn't we in the pulpit tell you what the Bible has to say? And that's precisely what I hope to do tonight. Now in this passage, we find John the Baptist, that great prophet that was the forerunner of Jesus Christ, losing his head. He was killed because he would not compromise the moral law. You see, the children of Israel, of ancient Israel, also had somewhat of a love-in. They were at the foot of Mount Sinai dancing and making merry, some of them taking their clothes off around a golden calf. And Moses came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments written on those tables of stone. And he thundered the Ten Commandments to them. And one of those commandments said, Thou shalt not commit adultery. I believe today we need another Moses to descend with the law and say once again, thou shalt not commit immorality. Now John the Baptist wouldn't compromise that law. He said to the king, you're living in immorality and you're sinning. It's wrong for you to have your brother's wife. Oh, he could have compromised. He could have said, like some modern, even clergy are saying today, if it's a meaningful relationship, it's all right. There's nothing wrong with it of itself. The Bible says, and the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helpmate for him. And the Bible says that Adam knew his wife, Eve. And that knew carries with it the deepest intimacy. And God gave sex for three reasons. First, it was given to propagate the human race. Secondly, it was given for a climax of true love within marriage. And thirdly, it was given so that a man and a woman could express the unity between them. And God likens it to Christ and the church. We are members of the body of Christ as believers in Christ, just as a married couple are one flesh. It expresses unity. The Bible teaches that marriage is honorable to all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Now, after that early marriage which God performed in the Garden of Eden and God sanctified sex within marriage, something happened. 
a tragedy took place. Man rebelled against God. You see, man has a will of his own. And God never meant that we would have suffering and hate and lust in the world. He never meant that we would have war and death. Look at the world tonight. War, trouble, difficulty, hate, prejudice, death. God never meant it to be that way. It was a wonderful world, a paradise. But something happened. Man rebelled against God and that rebellion caused a wall to be built between God and man. Sin came. Rebellion against God is called sin. It's a disease. And the Bible says all have sinned. Every one of us are infected with the disease of sin. It affected man's intellectual life. You see, your mind is affected by sin. That's the reason when you come to the Bible, it's a closed book to you until you know Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit illuminates this book. The Bible says we have a veil over our minds. We're blinded by the God of this world. It affects our intellectual life. Sin affects our religious life. It affects our relationship to God. It separates between us and God so that now we're spiritually dead, physically alive, but your soul is dead toward God. That's the reason many of you don't find happiness. You don't find peace and joy. You go to the bottle, you go to narcotics, you go to sex experience, you try to